It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We just went over the 7,000 subscriber mark on YouTube this week. Really appreciate everyone who's subscribing and hitting that thumbs up button, letting us know if you like what we're doing. Always helpful to see that feedback and get us out there to more and more Bengals fans. So thanks for making us your first listen. And James, the first topic for today before we dive into our respective free agency plans, and we ended up picking seven players each at identical positions. So there are some differences, but obviously (laughs) we're both thinking uh, in lockstep a little bit, thinking about the same spots to sure up on this roster. But before we go there, Ian Rappaport reported today that Lyle Collins, who's played all over the offensive line for the Cowboys, most recently right tackle Mm -hmm. is apparently on the trading block. And I'm very interested if Frank Pollock is interested. Frank Pollock obviously knows Collins. Well, they spent three years together in Dallas, but the guy has experience playing right tackle and the kicker, is that the acquiring team for Lyle Collins has him for three years at just $10 million per year. At $10 million per year through his age 32 season, he'll be 29 this year by the time the regular season comes around. So 29, 30, 31 for $10 million a year for a guy that has a great track record, a guy that you can go back to that draft, was a guy we really liked for the Bengals way back in the day. And now it's just a matter of figuring out the price. And from the Dallas guys I've talked to, they're thinking like second round pick swap equivalent day three pick, which is a little surprising to me for a player of his caliber, but I'm all over that. If Frank Pollock gives it the AOK. Well, they want to get rid of that money. I think they're trying to keep Cooper, right? What's weird is they only save a million against the cap. They save a lot of cap money in the future and they save Mm -hmm. a lot of cash, but I just thought it's worth pointing out that this year they only save a million dollars in cap space. So I do think it's got to be money related, though. Yeah. And and so that's the thing is, yeah, if you're the Bengals, absolutely, you're in on this for a few reasons, right? All of them that you mentioned, age, money, uh, potential compensation. But here's the other one. Look around. okay? And I know Jeff took some heat uh, on Thursday's show, but. Let's be honest, the Bengals don't break the bank for guard. I said it a ton last year, and I know people didn't like it. They weren't going in on Joe Tooney the way you'd have to go in on Joe Tooney to get Joe Tooney, and they're not doing that for Brandon Scherf. I would be absolutely stunned. And so when you look at this tackle class, there doesn't seem to be that right tackle, plug-and-play type guy that you love. There are some that I like, that we like, that we'll get to, but Collins, if he was out there, 
he would be a tier one, one and a half in our, in our rankings for me, probably one and a half at worst. And since he's dealt with like an injury here and there, you had the hip in 2020, I, I would say probably a one and a half, but still to me, top flight, right tackle, top right tackle in this free agent market, if he was available. And so if you're talking day three pick done, and if you're talking pick swap, because you want to keep that same number of picks, I'm fine with that. But let's be honest here. The Bengals don't have as many needs as they've had, right? Or as many roster spots, I think, available as they've had in past years. And so when you look at it that way, I'm okay if they give up their third or, you know, their fourth round pick, if that's what it is, just straight up. If you turn that into to Lyle Collins, you, you do it and you say, thank you. Now I have a left tackle in Jonah you trust, a right tackle in Collins you trust, and let's work on this interior. This is like when Baltimore gets guys like Kalias Campbell for fifth round picks. Somebody yes. just like be the team, even if it's a third round pick. Be the team, or, believe, or, or one of the one of the pick swaps. Like because a pick swap is is very much in line with what the Bengals would do, right? Like, hey Dallas, you can have our one. Give us Collins and your two. We'll move back. You know, 26, 24, 24 yeah, spots. I, yep, from thirty one to fifty five. Or, and maybe you even do a, a three for a four as well, or a four for a five as well. You, you get a little bit of extra value. Maybe you throw in a fourth if you're confident you're going to get that compensatory pick, which we could be hearing about any day now. I reiterate and have been reiterating for quite a while. Yeah, I, I think we're going to hear about it on Friday. So as you're hearing this, we might know about it. So check our, our Twitter. That's why you need to follow us on Twitter at James or Peanut, Jake Lisko at Locked on Bengals. We'll keep you posted. Great plug. So yeah, sign me <laughs> up for Lyle Collins. If he's available, if Frank Pollock gives a go ahead, let's do it, man. Because I think he would be a mainstay on this offensive line for a few years. And then you don't have to go out and, and find a tackle in free agency. And in free agency, it's it's kind of slim pickings. And, and let's mm-hmm. transition there, James. We both, oh, let, let's tease it a little bit, right? Like Taron Armstead is out there. Yep. I neither of us have the Bengals going after Taron Armstead. Orlando Brown was franchise tagged. So yep. who, who are you getting to tackle is, is the question. And that that's a question that we can ask both of us. Cause here's, here's what we did. We got the same seven positions. Like I said, we both have two interior defensive linemen, a tight end, three offensive linemen and a corner. And so we're going to go offense defense here. And should, should we go right into it, James, or should we? Let, should we? Let's no. Let's start real quick with the one guy, the the main guy we're retaining, right? Because that's that's almost boring, oh, yeah. right? So so we can start there, and it, it's not Larry O, it's BJ Hill. We both have BJ Hill, right? You got BJ? Yeah, you do. Okay, I was just making. I was like, wait, does he have BJ Hill? We both have BJ Hill, and I, I think based on what Tom Pelissero said on Thursday morning, if you caught that. Larry Ogunjobi could make upwards of $10 million per. The Bengals can't do that, so fine. Take under the radar. I, I mean, I guess he's under the radar because I, I think we've prioritized him more than Ogunjobi this offseason. But, yeah, we both have B.J. Hill on our list of, of signings. I've been on the extend B.J. Hill train for quite a while. The difference <laughs> between B.J. Hill and Larry Ogunjobi is that Larry Ogunjobi's splash plays, his high end is higher than B.J. Hill's. It's just that B.J. Hill is a little bit better down to down. He's a little bit more of a versatile player, in my opinion. And so, yes, it, it kind of re- leaves you with the need to go get a penetrating three tech who can get upfield the way Geno Atkins did, the way Larry Ogunjobi did when he was at his best. But 
to me, BJ Hill is a guy that I feel there there's not significant drop off from Ogunjobi to Hill, if any. And I think that Ogunjobi's sack total is going to make him money. And I don't think that it's necessarily something that he's his overall production backs up. And so while I like Ogunjobi as a player, you're right, James, I'm not super comfortable with a $10 million per year figure. And we're looking at an estimate for BJ Hill that's right around $9 million. It's not that much cheaper, mm-hmm. but BJ Hill is also younger, I believe, than Ogunjobi. BJ Hill turns he 26 shortly. Yeah, he is. And Ogunjobi's 27 right now. And and yeah, so so I think like, yeah, maybe the, the dynamism is a little bit lower, that the flash plays aren't as flashy mm-hmm. for BJ Hill. But I, I do think that he's a very, very valuable and versatile piece for this interior defensive line. So while I know that there will be some out there that would prioritize Ogunjobi over Hill, this is one place where you and I agree. Yeah. And there's it, there's a couple places we agree, but this is like down to the letter. Yeah. And that's, uh, to me, he still was able to, to be disruptive, you know, and get the sags. He's better against the run. And you look at how much cap the Bengals are allocating to defensive line. They're not going to keep both of these guys. You know, I was, I said it maybe a week ago. I said, oh, maybe you keep both. They already have like 20% of their cap this year allocated to the defensive line with Trey Hendrickson and, uh, Sam Hubbard. And then you got DJ reader in the middle. So I think you keep one, and I would bet that that's B.J. Hill. If I had to, we'll see, though. But I, I think the Bengals are going to have um, uh, some trouble keeping Larry Ogunjobi. We'll dive into the rest of our plan coming up next. But first, it's that time of the year, college basketball fans. And I jinxed Xavier during Thursday's show when we were recording Wednesday night because I mentioned Xavier. And, well, now they're on the bubble because they lost in the Big East tournament after having a lead uh, what, five-point lead, six-point lead with less than a minute to go? Well, sorry, Xavier fans. Uh, my UC Bearcats did advance, but they're going to have to win the AAC tournament if they're going to get in the big dance. But regardless, you need to get a, to bet online right now because they're going to be your home for college basketball's tournament. So check them out right now at Bet Online. And it's not just basketball. They got boxing. They got UFC. All of your sports wagering needs in one spot. I use Bet Online. It's easy to sign up. Check them out right now. Bet online is where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, before we dive into our next similarity in our respective offseason plans, you mentioned the spending on the defensive line, and I just wanted to highlight this really quickly. Currently, the Bengals are actually in the lower third of the NFL and spending on the interior defensive line is the only player I think they have under contract for next year. Well, Tyler Shelvin and uh, DJ reader is pretty much it. So that's all of their money for the interior defensive line. Interior. I was talking entire defensive line. I'm getting there. Uh, The, the interior defensive line at 15.5 million or so. 
for for edge for edge rusher they're they're in the top half but right around average 25 million allocated for 2022 because they've got rookie contracts in Joseph Osai and Cam Sample and then they've got about 10 million for Hubbard and 15 million or so give or take for uh Trey Hendrickson. So I think that there's some room for them to add to both of these spots. But if they were to try to keep both Ogan Joby and Hill and say that it's 10 and 9 million dollars, then suddenly the Bengals are spending 35 million dollars on their interior defensive line which puts them in the top 4 of the NFL. And if you're paying that much for your interior defensive line, it needs to be a little bit better, I think. Than it, the it needs to be have. great. Yeah, it yeah. needs to be number one. Right? And, and I'm that. not trying to be like a hater on BJ Hill and Larry Joby and, and DJ Reader. Yeah. I think they're all good players. But if you're play, if you're paying top money, you need to have a top unit. And I think that would be an above average good unit, but not necessarily like the elite of the NFL. And that's a team like the Rams where you have Aaron Donald being a big chunk of that. Way to uh, mention him, but I was thinking that too. If like you're willing to do that, if it's BJ Hill, Aaron Donald, and DJ Reader, you know, absolutely, or, or, or whatever, yeah. you know. So th- then it's like, well, duh, of course, because that trail right. is insane. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's get to our our plan here, and this is where it gets fun. I think we have one more identical player. We do. And should we start there? I guess we should yeah, start we there. Yeah, we should. It's, we're, we're, it's l- the big me- splash, Jake. Let let me throw in another uh, positional spending number here. The Bengals currently fifth least money allocated to the offensive line in 2022. That's a preamble. Go ahead, James. We're about to change that, baby. So get out those checkbooks, Mike Brown and Troy Blackburn and Katie Blackburn, because, well, we're getting the the big fish, the big dog, the the guy that, well, Jeff's, Jeff Hodgson said he wouldn't be surprised if they signed, by the way. Everyone seemed to gloss over that part of it. Ryan Jensen. Uh, I'm signing him. Look, at some point, you just got to say, let's go get the best guy. And if they're not going to do that at guard, do it at center. Do it with a guy. Just went to a Pro Bowl, still playing at a high level. Super Bowl champion. Brady loves him. There's a lot of smoke around the idea of Burrow, you know, in, in Jensen snapping to Burrow. So to me... And we have it at what three years, thirteen point three uh, per with twenty six guaranteed. Sign me up. I'm all in. Give me a little Ryan Jensen in the natty. Yeah, and and the other interesting thing about Ryan Jensen is we're looking at a relatively for for the Bengals a, a relatively meager year one cap expenditure at around fifteen and a half million dollars is what we're currently estimating. It might be a little bit more than that might be 20 million which is what they did for dj reader and 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 like we talked about with andre trey hendrickson and trey waynes but this is not necessarily out of character for the bengals and whether it's jensen or bozeman the contracts probably will be relatively similar and those are the two guys that we've heard the bengals connected with some guys that have experience with the afc north both of those former baltimore centers out there and the, the interesting thing to me about this would be that the Bengals have not gone after multi-year deals for guys on the wrong side of 30, and Jensen will be 31 shortly before 2022 starts. So you're talking about giving Jensen three years at 31, and he might not see the duration of that contract. So there might be some dead money that you're inviting a little bit later. But if he's listening to his teammate in Tampa, if he's listening to his buddy Gronk, 
maybe there's something in the water in Tampa that has guys wanting to come play from a guy who hopes he can be Brady and Joe Burrow. And the Jensen's career really took a step when he connected with Tom Brady in Tampa. Like he was good. Mm-hmm. And then he became great with Tom Brady. And I think from a mental processing and, and pre-snap perspective, the the synergy there from a guy who models his game after Brady and Burrow could be fun to watch with Ryan Jensen. Totally agree. And I, I just, I think it could help Burrow a ton. I think it could help a Jackson Carmen, you know, who they're going to bank on, I think, uh, to emerge and, and hopefully start at one of these guard spots. And uh, so you need some stability. I think he could certainly bring that. And, and he's certainly, according to our, our guy, Bengal Sands, he's a glass eater. He did a breakdown for us on all Bengals and, you know, he's eating all that glass. So if Pollock loves him, if uh, he wants to be here, you know, you, at some point you got to spend big and get a win now offensive line. This is a win now move. I would do that. And so uh, we're doing offense, then defense. Let, let, me, so- let me go a little bit more on Jensen. The, the thing about the centers in this class, James, is that none of them fit everything that Pollock wants. Pollock wants guys that are athletic and can pass block, right? You heard him talk about the things that he's looking for, a guy that can anchor, a guy that can move, a guy that can do stuff at the second level. And Jensen isn't as much of that second level guy compared to some of the other names you might have heard in this free agency period, like Ben Jones from Tennessee, who can't anchor anymore. And that's why we're kind of eliminating Ben Jones from the competition. He's also older. He's going to be 33. Brian Allen, also not so great in the pass blocking part of his game. And Bozeman, like Jensen, not a guy that you can necessarily do ask to do a ton in the zone game, but I think you could ask Jensen to do a little bit more. So I just wanted to hit scheme fit really quick. I think that it's close between Jensen and Bozeman, but I think Jensen is a little bit more scheme versatile as well, which is why we're so focused on him at this point. But either way, there, there's probably going to be a new center. But yeah, let's go on to the next guy. Yeah, and I, I think he's just better overall too than Bozeman, even though he's older. Um, next guy is uh, a guy that, well, Mike Hilton knows very well, and it's a guy I have. Jake doesn't have, and here we go. This is where it changes up. So buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because the Bengals, we know they need a corner. And Eli Apple, I love you, baby. I had a, a green apple today, and it's awesome, and they taste great, and it, it tastes like candy in my mouth, even though it's pretty healthy, right? That being said, I'm not going with you right now. No, no, no. We're going with Steven Nelson, the former Steelers corner. He was in Philly last year. He's 29 years old, uh, a, a mid-tier guy where he's not as low – as, as an Eli Apple on the free agency uh, market on the, the you know the the pecking order so to speak, but should still have a couple of good years left. Isn't going to break the bank. Uh, you could probably get him for a couple of years and align his contract with the Chidobe Awuziers, and then you know you'll see from there. And signing a mid-tier guy like this won't prevent you from taking BPA at 31. And I think that part of it matters because corner very well could be. Best play, the best player on the board at 31. And so you could take him. It's not like Steven Nelson's going to prevent you from doing that. And so I think this gets a lot done. It makes you better. It solidifies that secondary a bit. And it also leaves that door open for that first round pick, assuming they use it and don't trade it for, I don't know, my guy, Laramie Tunsil. Or, or Lael Collins, like we just talked about, although he might be a little bit cheaper. I, I really mm-hmm. like Steven Nelson from a, a size perspective for what the Bengals like. A lot of the corners this year, in free agency are like 5'9", 5'8", 180. The only guys that aren't really, J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, 
you know, maybe Casey Hayward, Carlton Davis. Those guys aren't going to be guys that the Bengals are playing in the same sandbox as. It's just unless they yeah. go all in on JC Jackson, as we discussed earlier this week, in which case they're probably not getting all the offensive linemen we're about to talk about. I, I like Steve Nelson as as a compromise because because of the size. And I went with a different corner, James, a guy who is a little bit younger. Although not really much younger, not appreciably younger, but will be a little bit more expensive. I don't think the Bengals are going to go after this guy because he's a little bit undersized. And I'll tell you which undersized cornerback I'm talking about coming up next. Wow. How about that tease? But first, if you're undersized muscle wise, you need to get to built.com because built bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. So they taste like a candy bar. And that's what you got to do when you're trying to eat healthier, when you're thinking about that vacation you got coming up, uh, when you're thinking about just a summer day at the pool, which the weather's getting a little better here in Cincinnati, a little sunnier on Thursday. So, you know, I'm certainly thinking about pool days in my future. You want to look good. You want to feel good. Built Bar can help you get there. They have a ton of different flavors. They have marshmallow, uh, protein-infused marshmallow with their puff bars. They're amazing as well. So check them out. Go there. I promise you're not going to be disappointed with Built Bar. Check them out at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. You can look like Jake Lisko in the gym today with Built Bar. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Why why not promote yourself? In the, you, you lift much heavier metal objects than I do. That's a... I thought we're trying to sell these things, James. Come on. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pushing 31, you know, much like uh, Ryan Jensen. I'm going to be 31 before the season starts. So I don't know. I might not have it anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm well out of the Bengals age range for free agents. I'll tell you that if you if you think 31's getting up there. Darius Williams is the guy that I'm looking at for the Bengals at corner to go back to, to that conversation. He's a little bit too small for, I think, the Bengals prototype. Five, nine and a half or so way back when at his pro day in 2019 way to buck 84. Then I assume he's put on a little bit of weight in the NFL runs pretty well, ran a four, four ish four, four and a half forties, pretty good 40 time, pretty good explosion, pretty good jumps way back in the day. And, and most importantly has pretty good tape in the NFL. I know that across from Jalen Ramsey this year, he got picked on a little bit because well, between Darius Williams at five, nine, and Jayla Ramsey, freak of nature, yeah. who are you going to throw at? Exactly. Well, you're going to throw at Darius Williams and the linebackers. And he he was picked on a little bit in L.A., but the current projection for him is also a little bit more expensive than Steven Nelson. And that's why I kind of like your guy a little bit more here. You, according to our calculations, would save roughly $2.5 million in the year one cap hit. You would save more than that over the life of the deal. So 
you know, if I want to get one of these fringe guys that I'm talking about that I'm saying, I don't know if there's enough money, but I would love to get one of these guys. Well, maybe if we go with your cornerback instead of my cornerback, you know, th- there, there's money left over for, for some of those budget guys uh, later on. But the, the nice thing about both of these corners, James, in my opinion, is that with the Bengals depth at the position now, assuming, you know, that they address, you know, they get one more corner somewhere along the way, whether it's Eli Apple coming back or whoever they find in the draft or, or elsewise, both of these guys make a, make a formidable pairing on the outside. I think with, with Jadobe Awuzie and, and you're just solid in the secondary better than you were. You're getting better at the position and that's why I like both of them, but there are reasons that I like your guy a little bit better. Anything else you want to throw in about Darius Williams before we go on to the offensive guard selections? All right, I'll go next. I'm just going to go back to back here. Austin Corbett staying with the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> poaching from the team that defeated the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Austin Corbett is a guy that I think is the, the, the scheme fit out of all of the offensive linemen that I'm looking at bringing in. I'm bringing in a couple guys that I think can be okay in the wide zone scheme, which we've heard an indication from Frank Pollock isn't going anywhere, but Austin Corbett is the athlete who can also pass block a little bit that I'm looking at a bit of a splash. This would be, this would be more than the Bengals typically spend at the position he's projected at 26 years old to get a four year deal with a $10 million average per year, which would put his year one cap hit for the way the Bengals do contracts somewhere around 8 million, seven and a half million dollars. And so I think that that's a reasonable amount for them if they choose to put a little bit money into guard than they historically do. It's not a whole lot more, though, with the way that the cap is inflated. If you go back to Clint Bowling's deal and he was getting, you know, six million dollars five years ago or so. And those numbers have really climbed. So this is a little bit more than they spent in the past. But in my opinion, it's not a ton more. And I like that he could be around for four years and and continue to be part of the core. Yeah, if they view him and, and think that he can be that type of guard, sign me up, right? I'm 26 years old. The age matches if they like the athleticism. And it, it's it's still crazy to see his ascension from where he was when he got traded to the Rams for a fifth rounder, I think, after being a second round pick. But some of these guys, you know, Lakin Tomlinson's the same way, right? And And that's not my guy here, but they just, it takes them a few years and then boom. Now suddenly they're they're good and maybe they've switched teams because they weren't as good initially and, and underwhelmed after being a high draft pick. My guy, well, he was a high no, he wasn't a high draft pick, excuse me, but he's he's played like one in Andrew Norwell. And to me, you're right. They don't spend at the position, but he's the, the type of guy, Cincinnati native. I think he's going to want to come here. Like if anybody want if Joe Burrow is attracting anybody, it's a guy who went to Anderson High School, who's uh, been on multiple. He's played in a Super Bowl and, and been on an AFC title team that that, that played in the AFC Championship game and, and didn't make it, losing to the Patriots a few years ago as a member of the Jags. He's close. He's gotten close a couple times, and so why not go home and try to get over the hump and help a team that could certainly use him at left guard? You know, and I, to me, it would be a three-year. $21 million type deal where it's th- that third year, probably not going to see it. But again, it's part of the win now mentality that I want the Bengals to have. They have win now, all these win now pieces. I want a win now offensive line. Andrew Norwell, I think can help them get there. You get Ryan Jensen, you put Norwell right next to him. And uh, boy, you're feeling good from center 
all the way left, I feel pretty good about that one, two, three with Jonah Williams at left tackle. Yeah. And and the thing I like about Norwell, despite his age, and, and here's where, you know, the, the question as to whether or not the Bengals will do this comes up is, are they going to go with two linemen and Jensen and Norwell who are over 30? Maybe. I, I have them doing that as well with the tackle that, that I've got lined up here. But I, I don't know if the Bengals will. That's something that I, I don't think Jeff Hobson was wrong about when we talked to him yesterday. They definitely do not go big years on on guys on the other side of 30, especially if they don't know them that well. But Norwell is a guy that, you know, you, know you, you come in, you plug him in. He's probably an improvement on what you had. I, I like Quentin Spain, but he's probably a little bit better. And mm-hmm. he's cheaper. So these are a couple guys that you've got that are a little bit cheaper, at least projected to be a little bit cheaper than the guys that I've got so far. And, and well, I'm, I'm going to save my money here at tackle. And I know we were going to go offense, defense, but I'm staying on the offensive line just to, to round out the conversation. I'm going to save a little bit of money at tackle compared to the guy you've picked out in Morgan Moses, who at 31 mm-hmm. is one of these guys that we're talking about on the wrong side of 30. But this guy has been an Iron Man throughout his career and has been consistently above average. Mm-hmm. Has a lot of right tackle experience, and that's why I like him. Three years, call it about $24, $23 million. That's a very affordable deal if that's what Morgan Moses gets. And at 31, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. You're shaking your head. Yeah, I'm shaking my head, not because of you. Because I, I like it. Like, sign me up if that's the route they go. He was yeah. available last year. I know. We're talking about like seven, eight million per. Like, he was just there. And they didn't make the move. Why? Because of Riley Reed or because of this. or Depth matters, man. Oh, he could have started at right tackle. Riley Reef could, could have kicked his tail inside and played guard. He would have been better than freaking. Anyways, we're not talking about last year. No, I, I would, would not mind. Morgan Moses at all, you know, if they go after him. And that that's the thing. Going back to our Collins conversation, we're talking about like 31-year-old Morgan Moses, a guy who was on the street and released uh, last year before last season, uh, you know, as a guy that could get paid. And he played well to earn that. But the other part of it is, is, is where the market is, where the tackle market is. And you're right. I, I went after a guy in Trent Brown who there are some question marks because anytime he's not, with Bill Belichick, it's like, eh, eh, didn't end well in, in, uh, with the Raiders. I was going to say in Las Vegas, but you know, he was in Oakland for a little bit too. I believe, I don't think he was in Vegas the whole time. Either way though, um, he's gotten paid before and it didn't work out. And so that's the holdup. The good news. If, if you're the Bengals, it is a natural fit. He's going to play right tackle. He's huge. He's a huge man. And you like that, especially with the pass rushers you're going to have to deal with. Uh, and the other part of it, he's he's going to be 29. So he is on the right side of 30. Uh, we don't have him getting a huge deal. You know, if you're giving him two years, then you're not committing long money to him. Can he be part of a win now line? And I think he can. And so that's where I've saved a little money on some of these other guys. Let's go get Trent Brown, a guy that I think would be a pretty decent fit. And we'll see. But you know me. I'm all. I'm worried about keeping nine clean. If you keep yeah. nine clean, you're a great fit. You fit like a glove for me. So I think Trent Brown could help do that. And, and it's kind of comical if you go watch his New England tape. I caught some of it when Mike was watching it. He, he he's he's a very funny and entertaining 
pass blocker. Like he doesn't do it by the book, but it works in a, in a lot of cases. Like he's he's blocking the way that you see some defensive ends pass rush where he's like long arming a guy, but he's the he's the tackle. You ever see a tackle long arm a defensive end? Trent yeah, Brown no. does it. It's, no, it's yeah, he, he's like this is what we're doing. <laughs> no, just one arm. Like just just out with one arm, man. It's, oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny to watch. Let's let's take a detour here, James. Let's go back to the the defense defensive side of the ball where we'll we'll hit our last guy. Both of us looking for the guy that's going to replace Larry Ogunjobi because we've talked about BJ Hill, we've talked about uh, Stephen Nelson and Darius Williams, the cornerbacks that we both picked, and we we went different directions with the budget interior defensive lineman. And I really wanted to bring Josh Tupo back. I actually ran out of money. Before I got to Josh, Chupo. you love so he, him. You love I, I, him so much as a depth piece, man. I, I, I know they're asking Tyler Shelvin to step up and, and play that role, but I don't know if I trust that. So as a depth piece, I'm all over Josh Tupo if they can find the money for it. But the next guy for me is Maurice Hurst, a draft crush from all those years ago who hasn't really figured it out in the NFL, but has when he's gotten on the field, been a good pass rusher. And this mm-hmm. is why I think it's a brilliant fit. He's, just 27 years old, couldn't get on the field for San Francisco last year, projected to get just a million and a half dollars. That's like pretty close to a veteran minimum deal for a guy that I'm asking to play 200, 300 snaps and be a pass rusher, which is what he's good at in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I like Maurice Hurst here. And part of it is that I just can't quit him. I was all over Maurice Hurst in the draft and uh, you know, his NFL career hasn't gone quite as I imagined it would, but that's one of my guys from from an old draft crush. Yeah, medical issues caused him to fall a ton because people yeah. loved him. I remember yeah. that. Another guy people loved, and, and he went early because of it to the 49ers, Solomon Thomas, in the 2017 draft. And last year he flashed a little bit for the Raiders. You know, had three and a half sacks, had a career – well, second most tackles of his career at 34 – but to me, much like Hurst, right, you're banking on the talent and Thomas has this pedigree and you're not banking on him to do a ton, right? You're not asking him to step in and be the guy, but can he be a complimentary piece? And I think he can, especially at this type of budget. Yeah, you lose Larry Oak and Joby and you're not expecting Thomas to be all of that. You'll have to address it. But, um, you know, I think he's a guy that could come in and make an impact. So, you know, we'll see there. But I think I think our our visions are very close to the same thus far. You know, three linemen, uh, BJ Hill resign, uh, and then an interior guy to replace Larry Ogunjobi, like a, like a a fringe guy, like a rotational piece, and maybe they'll draft yep. a guy defensive tackle. I think is what we're both thinking there. And and the last piece is tight end, where CJ Uzama is a free agent. Rob Gronkowski wants to go catch passes from Joe Burrow and. I ended up with neither of them. I tried to fit Rob Gronkowski into the plan. I couldn't find the money for it. And, and that's probably the Darius Williams, Steven Nelson difference, James, is, is where <laughs> that comes from. If, if, we put, if we take your plan and Steven Nelson, then I can fit Gronk into the plan. And I think that he has a lot left in the tank, especially as a receiver. <laughs> but mostly for money reasons quite honestly i go mo alley cox from the indianapolis colts who i think is a great run blocker and i think was has been underutilized as a pass catcher he's going to be 28 he's 28 and a half years old ish now so we're going to get probably the 29 season here age 29 season 
get him for a couple of years, a little bit younger than CJ Uzama, not significantly younger than CJ Uzama, but a similar player in a lot of ways. And a guy that I think actually has some untapped upside. And, and you might say that about CJ too. And it's weird to be saying this about guys in their late twenties, I guess, but that's kind of the nature of the tight end position. But from, from a skill perspective, I just thought that Mo Ali Cox was, was a good enough fit, had enough athleticism, a good enough blocker to be a versatile piece and, and to take over as tight end one. But I could totally see it if you would rather this player be CJ Uzama for a million or two more a year. And and that's that's the part where y- you, if you could afford it, maybe you do it, right? Um, me, and I'm just, and it's nothing personal with CJ. Do I want to sign CJ Uzama to a three-year, $24 million contract? Like, is that the route you're going now? I mean, he made $6 million last year. He wasn't playing for $8 million per. And I know he's good, and I know he's a huge part of the locker room. I understand it. I promise you I do. And you guys are going to be mad. But there's a couple paths at tight end that I prefer over signing CJ Uzama at that money. And one of them is Rob Gronkowski. And that's the one that I saved up for. I wanted to find it. And here's why. If you have Rob Gronkowski in single coverage, it's over. The Bengals are never going to have red zone issues again. If they have this line that I've proposed, and of course, health matters. Uh, Jamar Chase commanding all the attention. Tyler Boyd underneath. T. Higgins. And then, by the way, there's a Gronk in the way. There's 87 rumbling down the middle of the field. Like, that's huge. And he can block when you need him to. So that'll be in the playoffs when you need him to block for Joe Mixon. Well, he'll be able to do that. So Rob Gronkowski to me, if you can get him, you do it. I know some are going to say he's washed up. The dude played 12 games last year. I had 802 yards. I mean, say what you want about him. He averaged almost 15 yards a catch last year. Yeah, he's uh, still Six good. touchdowns, 13 touchdowns over the past two years. So worst case, he's a red zone threat and someone who's going to be in single coverage that you know can rumble. And you see those big games from Uzama. I think Gronk would have had one to two more huge games last year if it's Gronk instead of CJ. And I love CJ. And odds are the Bengals are going to bring CJ Uzama back, right? I, that's the most likely yeah. scenario. So don't get mad, I, it, it, Bengals fans. Don't get mad. But if it were me, I would have already tampered probably and found a way to get, get to Gronk's <laughs> get to Gronk's agent and be like, yeah. Uh, I, no, I would have just told Joe Burrow to call Gronk and say, yeah, we're we're on board too. If they want to work something out. Yeah, you, you start the back channeling. Uh, Gronk, <laughs> I, I, you know, sign me up, man. The, the concern with him, of course, 33 years old at tight end where he's been through the gauntlet for mm-hmm. injuries already. Like at any yeah. moment, you could lose Gronk for six weeks. And and so that's where it's like, can they get somebody and, else? That and, and that's why they have to draft someone or, or yeah, sign someone and, low, low end. Yeah. You can't really draft the guy though. Cause it takes tight ends five years to figure out how to play in the NFL. It's crazy. That, I mean, that's go ahead. Uh, well, that that's the challenge, right? Is find the guy. Yeah. That, it, it's not going to take five years. Draft the 24 year old. who should have been there two years ago. <laughs> I'm yeah. Kidding. It, I, I think that bit. is what's tough. I, that's when, like when we've looked at the Gronk plans, it's been like Gronk plus some other guy like a Mo Alley Cox, but look at this tight end market. It's going to be really weird. It, yeah. the, the guys that have been franchised to take the cu- the cap off of it. Like I thought it was going to be a great free agent class with Mike Gusecki, Dalton Schultz and David and Joku being these young athletic guys that could, you know, those would be your top of market guys. But mm-hmm. now it's like 
Gronk and Ertz and Gerald Everett and Evan Ingram. Like yep. those are your top of market guys. And and it and it, Uzama's right there. It brings Uzama up, yep. I think. And, it, it, and you know I what think, I would do too? Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just gonna say I think that the Bengals probably value Uzama more than some other teams might. Yeah, I would agree. But he didn't make yeah. a Super Bowl run, and so that helps. What I would do is I would say, yeah, I had someone in Jacksonville ask me about Uzama earlier this week. So, I, you know, there are teams that are at least thinking about it. Um, what I would do if I, if I was the Bengals and I had any plans of making a run at Gronk, I would tell CJ. I'd be like, look, man, we want to win it all. We know it's us. And this is the piece. It, because that's the dream. Can you find yeah. a way to make it work money-wise to have both guys? It's and tough to do. That's the part, right? That's the part where you're hoping if you get a guy, well, let's say the Bengals sign Ryan Jensen. Well, maybe Andrew Norwell doesn't take the seven million. Maybe he's willing to take five, right? Because he's made a hell of a lot of money and now he's coming home and he can live in the house. He probably already has a house in Cincinnati. You know, all of those things that you think about. Um, so that's the the part of it. And it's not just Norwell, any of these guys. And, and so could Gronk take a million less if it's like, hey, Rob, we want to get CJ too. And, you know, a CJ and Gronk combo, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to ask the Bengals, I'm going to petition for weekly guest spots on Locked on Bengals where we get both of them and they host the show. Not yeah. a, they host the show. Yeah. And uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I just think that, um, yes, that would be great. I don't know if we're to the, the part of this thing with Joe Burrow where players are taking less to come play with him in Cincinnati, but I hope so. Because that would be that would be amazing. That that's the best case scenario. Because then we can fit into extra guys like the Ode Abushi, who I want to sign mm -hmm. for depth, or the Josh Tupo, who I want to bring mm -hmm. back for depth, but I couldn't fit in, or the Eli Apple to be yep. CB four. And and yep. these are guys that we couldn't fit in, but you know think that there would be some interest in. So let's do a quick recap, James. We did play by some rules here. We made sure that there was enough cap space for the Bengals to roll over a little bit of money, as they like to do. We plan for the rookies. We we plan for the exclusive rights guys and the restrictive free agents. So all of this stuff, based on the 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 models that we have, is money wise not crazy. So I'll, I'll go first, James. Just recapping on the defensive side of the ball: B.J. Hill, Maurice Hurst, Darius Williams, a couple interior defensive linemen, and a corner. I, I kind of like your guy more at corner and Steven Nelson. I'm I'm realizing as we go. And then on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball, three offensive linemen and Mo Ali Cox, Ryan Jensen, Austin Corbett, and Morgan Moses to try to solidify the offensive line. And both of us with the same positions have the same idea of really opening up the draft. And let's compare it to James's guys. You're going to have to let us know on Twitter and in the comments whose class of guys you like better in free agency. But go ahead, James. Yeah, so B.J. Hill, I re-signed him as well. And then, as you mentioned, Steven Nelson and then Solomon Thomas. You know, I, I feel pretty good about adding those three guys. And then, again, it's all about the offense. It's about protecting Burrow. It's about making Burrow's life easier because if the Bengals – to me, if the Bengals are getting back to the Super Bowl, it, it's going to be because the offense is one of the top offenses in the NFL. It's hard to do that when Joe Burrow's getting sacked 70 times. So, big fish, Ryan Jensen. Um Medium-sized fish, local kid, Andrew Norwell, and big fish, literally, in Trent Brown uh, to play right tackle. So you only have that right guard spot open in the starting lineup. And then 
why not get a Gronk? If a Gronk is out there and a Gronk is on the loose, well, I want some Gronk in my life. And so you get Rob Gronkowski, the future Hall of Famer. You try to get him that fifth ring so he can match Kobe. And, and I'll say this for your plan, James. I think the upside might be a little bit higher, and I think that that's mostly Gronk and Trent Brown. But mm. I think the downside is also higher too. And it's probably also Gronk and, and Trent Brown. And and so that's that's what the Bengals have to figure out. That's what James and I tried to navigate, figuring out where the upside was, where the downside was. And the the takeaway I think that you should have is the Bengals can sign five to seven players for respectable money in free agency. They're mm-hmm. pro I mean, every time I did this, I came down to the same positions, James. So you're probably going to see a lot of these positions that we talked about, unless they have plans to go with guys internally, maybe one fewer lineman, right? Maybe more money at corner. Something like that might be something yeah. that we see or, or they have plans or have designs in the draft, or maybe there's a trade coming. Yeah, and these maybe. are things that we can't predict, but we will be here to cover. If a trade happens, keep your eyes out on Lockdown Bengals. We'll be back with emergency episodes as needed. We have a plan to have Joe Goodberry joining joining us on Sunday evening before the EVA free agency. And then when free agency opens up, we're going to be dropping content like it's hot. And I hate myself for making the reference, but there will be a lot of it next <laughs> week. So that's what we're looking forward to. Until next time, Bengals fans, day. And have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.